right, we're just gonna do it. We're just doing the thing. We're just gonna do it. Okay, guys, welcome to the show. Um, I'm not even doing an intro today because... I was by myself last time, and I really don't have any update for you guys. Everyone had a great holiday. Life is good. I'm working a lot. So we're just going to dive into our guest, uh, Ashley Rave Maria. <laughs> Adam check. <laughs> Ashley Adam check. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Ashley a little introduction. I made her send me in some information about herself. So I'm going to I'm going to kind of brag about her for a second just to make her feel weird. Um and then we'll get started. So Ashley is my physical therapist friend. We work together at a hospital and she is my buddy. Um as you guys know, I'm an occupational therapist and she is a physical therapist, so it's really fun when we get the opportunity to co-treat on the floor together. Because we can kind of read each other's nonverbals when things are going awry. Like we just, it's like, uh, I picture the scene in Bridesmaids where they're just, she's like aggressively staring at her friend with the microphone in her hand. That's like Ashley and I during our co-treats. So anyways, Ashley's a physical therapist at the hospital that I work at. And what I learned about her, she's also a small business owner. So she shares passions, which is cool for both the sciences and the arts. So multifaceted, love it. Um, she grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and she's actually lived in Chicago for the last eight years. So you guys know I moved to Chicago one year ago. Ashley was one of my first friends. She's lived here for about eight years. So she's passionate about encouraging others to be the best version of themselves. And what I love about this uh, statement that she sent me is she likes to encourage people to be the best version of themselves, knowing that each day may look a little bit different. And I, I really think that's unique and cool. And I can't wait to dive into that with Ashley a little bit more. And when she sent me, you know, kind of the bullet points of what she wanted to talk about, she explained that this was a philosophy that she manifests in her business as a, a lifestyle photographer, but also as an oncology physical therapist. So let's have her on and we'll we'll dig deep uh, a little bit about what this means. So Ashley, what's up? Hey guys, I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I love podcasts and when I learned Caitlin had a podcast and she was looking for people, I was like, Ooh, sign me up. I love to talk. I talk all day and I come home at night and sometimes I'm sick of hearing myself talking. So. Um, I am so happy to have you over. I was telling Ashley I kind of had like a, a crazy busy day. So I was really looking forward to just catching up today and, and seeing how things are. In fact, I was on your floor at our hospital and Ashley wasn't working today and I was so sad. But <laughs> I mean, I got to see some other uh, of my PT, OT buddies on that floor. But um, I was like, where's my girl at? So a lot of people know what PT is, but they might not know PT as, as much as they think. So why don't you give them a, a rundown of a PT in our setting and, you know, what your day-to-day -day looks like, and then we'll dive yeah. into the other stuff. So I am in a, a physical therapist. So, you know, in PT school, you are trained to be a generalist as it's similar to occupational therapy. And then, you know, through your clinicals and your experiences, you kind of pick a path that you want to go down. But the unique thing is you can change at any point. I knew like in PT school that I loved working in the hospital and that's where my passions, you know, were. And so since I graduated however many years ago, I've always been in the hospital setting and it is my passion, I would say, as a physical therapist. Um, I started my career treating, you know, on like all the different floors and even now I, I do treat 
you know, a variety of patients on variety of different floors. Like I'm not, you know, only stuck to one floor, but I primarily, I would say, spend 95% of my time on the oncology floor. Um, so a lot of what I do is seeing patients with a variety of different independence levels, I guess, is like as easy as I can say it. Um, you know, anywhere from keeping like the people who are come in walking, leave and walk, leave walking, you know, keeping their activity up to par or the patients that come in and are completely debilitated by their diagnosis or their treatment or, you know, whatever it may be, some sort of secondary illness, you know, getting them back up to speed and facilitating improvements in their strength and endurance and independence with getting out of bed, sitting and standing, walking, do they need a device, etc. Yeah, and I'm curious, what what made you get into the field of physical therapy to start with? Oh my gosh, such an, a good question and it's <laughs> it, it, it it does kind of tie into like buckle how up. yeah, buckle up peeps. <laughs> how I've like gotten into I where I am today in almost my 31st year of life. Um so I always loved dancing growing up and it got to a point where I was at the age in which I needed to like choose how aggressively I was going to like pursue my training. Um and I decided I wanted to continue to train like at a high intensity level and that I was going to pursue a career in professional dance. What type of dance did you do? Um, ballet, modern, contemporary, jazz. A generalist. The generalist. She's a generalist. All of the things, but you know, ballet every day as the foundation and then everything else to follow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, that's my other oh secret my, life. Yeah. Like, no one. It's so crazy. Like in my adult life and like my friends I've met as an adult and even like people I've dated and no one knows this about me. Everyone's like, you say what? And I'm like, yeah. And it, it's crazy. It, no, it's awesome. So sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So you, you dancing was something you had to decide if you wanted to continue with that serious, yeah. competitive lifestyle of dance. Yeah. Okay. Because it had gotten to the point where if I wanted to do this like professionally and like pursue like a career in dancing, that meant my training needed to shift to like, a more professional level. So then in high school, I was actually coming down to the city every day in training, you know, at a professional dance studio every day. Actually, it was six days a week and wow. and whatnot. And that became my life. And then, you know, fast forward to like junior and senior year, like preparing like for college auditions and picking a dance program. And it was very hard for me because I definitely love, love academia and I love the sciences. And so to have to, at some point, like choose or give up one or the other was very difficult. And I started my um, dance college career out in New York City at a very small, like liberal, liberal arts school on the Upper East Side and did that for a hot minute and decided I wasn't completely fulfilled and I wanted to come home and I missed the Midwest and I missed my friends and missed my family. It was very hard being 18, like out in New York City by myself. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. And so, and at that point I was like having like really bad hip pain and it had always been a thing, but it was getting worse and I was like, eh, whatever. So I, you know, had dealt with a various injuries as I'm sure you could imagine, you know, training at that level of dance and whatnot. And, you know, physical therapy had been a part of my, you know, maintenance, I would say, <laughs> as a, a dancer and a performer. And I was like, this is actually really cool. Like, I really loved, you know, 
the human body and movement and all of these things. And I learned what physical therapy was. And at that time, I thought it was just like outpatient, like sports. And I thought that that's what I wanted to do was like work with other dancers and things like that. And, you know, I had decided like, okay, I'm going to dance professionally. And then I'm going to go back to PT school because I had switched gears, went to another, you know, university. I was able to double major in a science and dance and do all that. And then I unfortunately had, um, a hip surgery that then set me back a little bit. And when I took time off and I was like, wow, this is actually like kind of great to breathe and not have to do this at such high like caliber. And I was able to focus a little bit more on, you know, school and my science degree that I then decided to pursue physical therapy earlier than I thought. And here we are as a physical therapist. And it all started from a hip injury. And it all started from a hip injury amongst other things. Oh my, so... The, the hip injury you had, did you have to have surgical intervention for that? I did, yeah. So I had a labral repair and they did like a bone shaving and whatnot. And oh was, my God. Yeah, it was really fun. How did, I didn't know any of this. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's not funny. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, it's but It's ironic. It's, it's so ironic. ironic. It's so ironic. Well, I laugh because, I mean, you're so good working with all of our patients, but I know sometimes you have to be on the, the same day hip team yes um, where um for you guys listening uh, both ot and pt um some of us tag in to help uh, patients who get hip surgeries we assess them the day of their surgery and we educate their caregivers uh, if they're a little loopy still from the anesthesia and if as long as they're looking good uh we can clear them and so i think it's kind of cool thinking of you being a patient of a hip surgery now being able to help people who have hip surgeries but now, so you primarily for PT, you're on the oncology floor most of the time. Is that right or no? Yes. So that's right. So when I work like during the week, Monday through Friday, like that is my primary responsibility. Unless like we need coverage elsewhere, then I will venture elsewhere in the hospital. But how did that come to be? Did you have an interest in that floor, the diagnoses of helping people with different uh cancer diagnoses or was did it kind of just fall into place and you enjoyed it yeah so it's like funny you ask that I had recently taken a job at the hospital that we work at and I was you know when I left my first job I was seeking you know other things to be able to work on or projects or just growth in my career and I was there you know at where we work for a couple of months And it had, you know, the opportunity had come up that we were looking for a physical therapist to lead some programming and kind of be the lead PT for the oncology unit. And I was like, oh, like, this could be fun. Like, I'm kind of looking to do more. And it's a blessing and a curse of my personalities. And I'm constantly, like, on the move, constantly looking for things to do. And, like, what else can I do? What more can I do? Like, I literally don't stop moving and I don't stop talking and I don't stop thinking. And so I interviewed for this position and I had wound up getting it. And at that point, like, I really had, like, bare level exposure to, like, treating oncology patients. I mean, like, I did not have any specialty. I had just seen a couple here and there. Right. And I accepted this position and was like, sure, I will create some programs. And I had, like, left the interview and or left the meeting. And when I had found out that I had received the position, I was like, okay, here we go. Giddy up. And then I had to, like, dive into a whole bunch of, like, self-study and, like, all of, you know, the things that come with learning something new. Because then this became my new home the next year. Like, the 
it, this happened in December and then starting in January, this was my new home. So wow, the rest is history. <laughs> so that's, that's been for over a year now. Oh no, I think I've been, so I, it's been since, uh, I actually, I started on the unit in December of 2019. So many years. Yeah. It wow. was like right before the pandemic hit, I started on the unit Wow. and then we like moved into the pandemic and then I was able to like come back to my role in full time and whatnot once everything calmed down. But yeah, I can't believe it's been like three years already. Well, I mean, I can tell it has in a way because I, you are so good with all of the patients on that floor. Ashley works with these patients and she brings such light. Um, like I said, when we were co-treating on that floor, because I float a little of everywhere, we, I mean, we just look at each other and we're just on the same wavelength. And, you know, obviously without uh, describing anything in particular, because we got to protect, um, you know, everyone's privacy. But we just had a a, a co-treating moment where just, it was just funny, you know? And we it was just, just but, like, we're staring at each other and we were like, it was kind of the look of like, what are we going to do next? We're just going to roll with it. It's just like people, our patients are, are very sweet, but sometimes we have an, an array of personalities and, and we have to, we have to roll with it, you know? And so what I love though is Ashley can talk to anyone um, with any type of personality, with any type of behavioral challenge, and she can just make their day better and calm them down and make them feel so heard when in my mind, I'm like, she's being such a good therapist right now. <laughs> because I know like me and her, when we're, when we're thinking of like our knee jerk reaction of how we were would respond sometimes like we come across some shocking things and so she just always keeps her herself so poised she brightens these patients day and she just makes the best of anything even if the session <laughs> maybe doesn't go the way it's planned and it happens and that is like what I love about my job our job like where we work it's like it's fun it's so fun you could go so in fun. with like the best plan and idea and like leave and you did the complete opposite. It's like when you go to Target. Yeah. You go to Target with a plan. You never stick to the you plan. You never stick to the plan. <laughs> and I was telling my level two fieldwork student that um, you, you got to be flexible. Obviously, you have an idea of something you want to work on in therapy, but you, you got to be flexible. You have to be flexible. Because like, and this like taps into my little ditty of like creativity creativity yes. and also like the empowerment for people that like every day is going to be different and like you just need to maximize on that day ah, i love circling and back. i know That's circle so as the circling uh back, the people <laughs> say we're gonna circle back to this yes no that was actually a good transition because um you know we got a little background now um and i do want to save a lot of our conversation for what makes you so creative because yes. this is the part that I'm like what like I had no clue um before I um grill you with more questions is there anything else about PT that um you wanted to touch on or say or did no, we cover most of I it I think that's like most of it in my background and like the I will say the thing I do love about you know being able to work and treat patients on the oncology unit is like how much creativity I am able to put into it and like surprisingly I take a lot of like my background in dance and like my background in cueing for dance moves or things I've learned in dance classes or things that you know dance teachers have taught me and like I am able to utilize those in my you know sessions as a PT and and whatnot so it's it's 
they're it's completely different worlds, but at the same time, like they've been able to tie in together. And like, not only is this pertinent to the oncology unit, but it, it's a patient population that I hold near and dear to my heart. But I'm able to take these really anywhere in the hospital that I work. So I, I love that you said that because I actually had a patient today um, in my in my past life. I was a kickboxing instructor. Yes. So I feel that way. Like you feel that about dance. Yeah. I was like, all right, we're going to hit the mat and we're going to do crunches in bed. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And this guy's looking at me like, you're crazy. Um, and I'm like, sorry. I said, honestly, I just, I went kickboxer on you for a second. But I said, it kind of, it kind of relates sometimes. It does. <laughs> and it's like, you know when you need to like dial it back and like when <laughs> And you can like dial it up and it's, it's kind of fun to see like, you know, the two worlds collide. Yeah. I just picture you walking into a patient's room though, like five, six, seven, eight, and go. I mean, you'd be surprised how many times I like pull out the five, six, seven, eight, and walk. Especially like when we're trying to like walk on tempo. Yeah. And like, it's people like who don't know my background will just like stare at me and be like, what is happening? And I'm like, don't mind me. You're like, I'm just, like, entertaining myself. Yes, like, or I'll, like, have, like, music playing, and I'm like, all right, we're going to walk to the music, or, like, we're going to do exercises to the music, and, like, I have crafted a dance routine. So I guess, like, that is the lovely thing that my career as a physical therapist allowed me to do is, like, tap into my creative side amongst, like, other things that I have explored and, like... Oh, I bet they moved. I bet they love it. Moved towards creating in my off time. <laughs> so talking about your creative side... Let's dive into that. I mean, where do you even want to begin? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. Because I'm like, it's so, every time I tell people like what I do full time, which is a physical therapist, and then like what my hobbies are and like what I do in my spare time, which is being a, you know, a photographer and a lifestyle photographer and owning my own business, people like their knee jerk reaction is like, wow, like you are both right and left brained. And I'm like, I I suppose. I'm amazing. (laughs) You know, I I love it all. I mean. Well, Well, let's just flat out start there. You just said it. I want you to repeat it again. What do you do other than physical therapy? I am a lifestyle photographer and I own my own business. And it has been the wildest ride that I have been on. Let's pause there. You just sounded so cool saying that. <laughs> and I just said I want you to sit with it for a second. Oh, because it's, it's so crazy to think about. And I even like oh, am like, man. wow, like I own my own business. In saying okay. that out loud, <laughs> did you ever think realistically you would say that out loud in the near future when you were just thinking of this idea? Oh my gosh, absolutely not. I mean, like when I started even like this, I like having a photography Instagram page, that's literally how it started, like blossomed. I would have never thought that it like would grow into what it is today. And a little bit about how this like got started was that, you know, the pandemic really was difficult for all of us and like took away a lot of things that sparked joy. And um, I had done photography in college just for fun. Like I did headshots for Um, some girls in the dance department and then I moved on to doing some more like creative movement shots and you know I've always loved the camera being behind the camera not in front of the camera Um, so I've been a hobbyist photographer for the last like 15 years I think I, I started this back when I was like 15 or 14 my dad had gotten like a DSLR camera and I was like oh this is cool I want to know more about this and I picked it up and really taught myself how to use it and I'm very much like a self-taught photographer um, and then fast forward to the pandemic, um, 
you know, there was not much to do and you couldn't really do anything. And, um, I was like, wow, I really have not picked up my camera in a really long time. Like, I actually think I would like love to do this again because during PT school, there was no time for anything. Right. And then I started working and then as a new grad, I mean, I was exhausted and just, you know, didn't know what to do. And then the pandemic kind of gave us some time to like pause and think about things. And it kind of gave me the spark I needed to jump back into it. And two of my really good friends had gotten engaged recently and it was a nice, warm, sunny day out, which is hilarious because now looking at the time of day in which I took their in air quotes, engagement photos. I like would never shoot at that time of day. (laughs) It is is funny. I learned that from my photography friends that like, I'm like, oh, it's sunny, like good photos, right? They're like, absolutely not. Absolutely. Like this is my like living hell. And I had no clue. So so I like dragged them out to like Lincoln Park and I was like, let's take some photos. And that's how it started. And then Um, one of my other friends from work was like, Hey, like I would like a couple like snapshots for like a Christmas card. Can you do this? And I did it. And like everyone's feedback was like so nice and lovely. And I was like, Oh, like maybe I'll like start up my Instagram page again for like the 10th time. Well, I can only imagine that's super vulnerable to put up an Instagram page and then hope that it works out the way you want it to, but then it, maybe there's a lull and you're a little self-conscious about it. So I can only imagine how brave it is to even start the idea of uh, your business featured publicly on an Instagram. Oh, absolutely. And I like, at the time, I didn't know what I was doing, which I think was kind of the scariest part is like, I was putting content that I had created and my art up on the internet for anyone to see. And, you know, I didn't know really what my purpose was. I didn't have my why or my what um, at that time yet, other than like, oh, like, this is fun. I want to showcase it. Um, Until then, I had gotten a text or a message from a friend and they were like, hey, my friend needs a photographer, like, for a proposal. Like, are you free? And then at that point, I was kind of like, oh, I need to, like, figure out if, like, this is something I want to do. And, like, dive head first into it or if I am going to just do this for shits and giggles and like have a page and like probably delete it again for the 11th time because it's not really going to amount to anything. Sure. When was it the point that you realized, hey, this isn't just an Instagram page I'm deleting and restarting? Like when did you realize like this is actually going to be a business? I would say when people like wanted to start paying me to take their photos and Who, I was like, did you have like friends at first? There was friends that started to say, Hey, like, I, you know, I know yeah. you have good work. Like we'll pay you if you do this or, or like friends referring you to other people. How did that start? So it's how it started was like, I did the engagement photos for my friends, like during the pandemic. And then I did, you know, something else for a family member and then another thing for a friend. And then I had gotten that message you know, about a friend of a friend looking for a proposal photographer and like they wanted to pay. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. Like, wow. I don't even know what I would charge. Like, that's probably where it became more real too. When it it wasn't a friend, it was like someone you don't really know. You know, they know your friend. Right. I had probably met these people. And like, word got out that I was doing this and people had liked what I had done so far. And like, 
were starting to refer me to people. And that's kind of when it became real. So when did the imposter syndrome set in and what did you do maybe over time to counteract that imposter syndrome because I know for me like in anything that I start and any new adventure I start I just get so overwhelmed and I, I doubt myself and that's such a natural normal thing to do is to be like oh my gosh I'm so not qualified um so what did you do to help kind of self-regulate or reassure yourself that you were qualified. I will say the imposter syndrome thing is an ongoing battle. And Caitlin, like I am very similar to you in that like when I get an idea in my head, I like go at it at 100 miles an hour. And this is something like friends and family like <laughs> make fun of me about. And they, I mean, they tell me it's my most endearing quality and how passionate and how like excited I get about things. And like... I do in that initial excitement will like go all into what I'm doing. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to be a photographer. I'm going to run this page. I'm going to like make a name for myself. And then when that initial excitement and like high of it sets in and like wears off and you're kind of left with like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like I'm, I've done this and I need to do this. And then you start researching a little bit more about what you need to do or like, what are other people in the field doing? And you start playing this awful comparison game of like, Mm. well, them versus me. And then you are like, I'm an imposter. How could I possibly be charging people for this service that I'm providing when like, I don't feel like my work is good enough, but people are wanting to pay me. And it's like this horrible mind game. And I will say, I, to this day, you know, two years into my business still feel this way. And I think really it's something that will be a battle you know, in both careers that I have, you know, even as I continue to grow, I mean, let's, let's be honest, like we all are constantly growing and like, you know, where we are is not where we're going to be, you know, a year from now, six months from now. And like looking back at, you know, my work when I first started compared to now, I like kind of giggle a little bit. I'm like, yeah, of course you had imposter syndrome. Like, look at this. But then also it's like, well, look at where you came to. Like, you were not an imposter. Like, if people didn't want you to photograph them, they wouldn't ask you to photograph them. Right. So it's like reassuring myself. And this is something I like talk to my therapist about and other things is she often has given me the little cue and the little tidbit of like, has this person or this situation given you a reason to feel this way? Or is it something that you're, like, fabricating in your head? Right. And a lot of the times it is something that you're just fabricating in your head of, like, this awful comparison game. And I think social media is a great tool, but also our worst enemy. I agree. And, you know, I I laugh with you at the, you know, you and I both do dive into a pool of just the unknown at full speed. Full speed. Like literally we, full speed. We'll do like a triple backflip into like disaster and be like, all right, let's do it. Like, giddy let's up. <laughs> so um, what makes me laugh though um, is that, you know, there is that kind of, oh crap moment. Like, what have I gotten myself into? Right, I mean, like, what did I do? And I feel, I feel imposter syndrome with a lot of things. This, this podcast in- included, I'm, I'm still bopping around figuring out the details of this and but what I will say about you and what I try to remind myself about me is when I see people start a journey that is new to them it is like I get so 
excited. And I think to myself, like when I see someone trying something new, maybe they're learning how to get into an exercise routine. Maybe they're learning to play an instrument. Maybe they're training for a new job. I get excited seeing them be awkward in the first little bit because I know that they're not always going to be awkward and they're not always going to be um, unsure of themselves, but we all go through those growing pains. And so I try to remind myself when I feel stupid or vulnerable or awkward or I, I don't feel like I have enough knowledge, um, I kind of love that high of feeling like inadequate at times because I remember in so many other parts of my life where I I felt so lost and I look like you said at where I am now compared to where I was then I mean the ukulele I have a long way to go with that bad boy but the other day I actually showed one of my friends the first I, I purposely recorded the first song I ever learned knowing it was complete crap like I I I in the video I said Here's a, my first ukulele song I learned and I know it, it's awful. And it was. <laughs> Quick sidebar, here's a few seconds of the first song I learned on the ukulele and it is truly wonderfully terrible. And it truly was, it was terrible. But it was so precious and inspiring looking back at that video. It's so satisfying too. Second sidebar, it is really satisfying because this is where I'm at now, even though I have a long way to go. And it's funny you say that, like, actually I was with my mom and my sister and my friend who I took the engagement photos for like back when this all started um, the other day and we were just like talking about my business and like things, projects I had coming up and like things that have happened and we were giggling about how it started and I was like, guys, like I was like scrolling back to the beginning and I was looking at, you know, the photos I posted like cringing like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this is where I started. But you know, looking back at it, I'm like, it's pretty incredible to like look at how much you can grow if you put the time and the effort and the passion and like literally just water that creative seed and let it bloom into what it's going to be. Like it's, it's pretty incredible. And it's I, at that time, like I would say kind of middle of the beginning to now, I had hit a pretty low low of like imposter syndrome and like wanted to quit and like comparing myself to all these amazing photographers and like I wasn't honed in on my editing style and like I was like had gotten a new camera and I was like getting more bookings and a little overwhelmed and was not sure what I was going to do and you know I felt my work was crap at the time and then like looking back at it from where I am now my work really wasn't bad. Right. And like, it's so you, crazy to think like, do you I think would, that the world's like out of all the conversations people can have, like they're talking about your beginning work photography. Probably not. No. They're probably looking at you like, wow, like that's really bold and courageous and so cool that she gets to tap into a passion and a skill of hers. And, and no one's, no one's critiquing no it. Like one's you critiquing are critiquing it. Like you are. And like, you know, you look back at it and you're like, this is not half as bad as I thought it was. 
And it's like, we truly are our own worst enemy. And like realizing with imposter syndrome, like, I hate to say it, it's all in my head. It's all me giving myself this negative feedback. And you know what? I bet there are jerks in this world who are judging every single one of us. But that's a them problem and not a you problem. It's not a me problem and cheers. You know, when I have times of the imposter syndrome, like I will often reach out to my friends and I I tell them, I'm like, I need like honest feedback. Like lay it on me. Sure. And no one ever has been like, you suck quit photography. Right. I mean, no one has ever really given me negative feedback in like my learning process. And, you know, I think the one thing that's been very helpful is like, remembering that everyone starts somewhere and a lot of the photographers I follow um, and have like tried to learn from and grow from and like use their content is in their growth process is like education for myself is like they'll post like lol like this was my first photo I took in 2013 and like ever we've all started at similar spots oh it's like I think when it comes to honestly anything not just the arts really anything you have to start somewhere and like if you're not going to be humble and you're not going to like be like open to learning and growing like that's when you're you're gonna get in your own way and I think it's pretty remarkable like how quickly you can grow and like how quickly you know things can blossom into something you completely didn't expect it to um with just time and really time I mean, it's, it's very true. Like, yeah. it, I think it, it really just takes having a, a level head. Yeah. You know, being able to accept critique and feedback, but also, you know, taking it with a grain of salt and knowing that you have your own style, you have your own, you know, yeah. vision for yourself. Right. And, I'll, like, the, some good feedback I've gotten from, like, friends and family and whatnot is, like, if people, like, didn't like your work, they would not ask you to take their photos. Exactly. And I'm like, you're right. And they're like, if they wanted photos that looked like someone else's photos, they would ask that person. And I'm like, okay, you're right. Like, and so those are the things when I, like, get into a slump or, like, I'm, like, spiraling into this imposter syndrome that I try to remember that, like, I'm not, like, begging people to, like, support me and, like, be my clients like people are coming to me willingly right just like trying to like not like self-loathe and like try to like hone into that confidence that I have while staying humble just to help get through that little ditty and move forward and be able to grow because it it can be a huge creative block totally which is it's hard now, speaking of the support you get from people in general, do you have anyone in your corner who helps hype you up on the days where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing with my with my entire life? Oh my god! <laughs> like, do, you, do you like? Do you have anyone that you can like turn to or go to? Um, anyone that comes to mind that you're like, hey, I just don't feel great. Um, it doesn't even have to be a specific person, but just any, like, group of people. Yeah, I mean, I will say I've got, like, the best girl gang anyone could ask for. We have an amazing group text that, like, we unapologetically can send whatever we want to the group and, like, we'll get honest feedback or, like, you need a hype girl, you've got three coming at you. Yeah. They have been super great in, like, helping me through the bad days I mean, my family as well has, they've been with me since day one of this process and we're kind of like, are you sure you want to do this? Okay, fine. Like, 
And it's been funny. I mean, I still laugh to this day. I mean, my dad is an amazing supporter as the rest of my family, but he he still sometimes references it as a hobby. He's like, so your hobby. And I'm like, dad, it's a business. I have an LLC. And um, I think this is actually the first year that he like referenced it as a business as we're like getting ready for tax time and whatnot. And so he has been super helpful and like crucial and like honestly helping me manage the business side of things um, because I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, And my boyfriend is so great. And I can text him and be like, I'm in a slump. I just had an awful session. Like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And he he often will, like, reflect back to those things I had mentioned of, like, no one has ever said these things to you before. You've never given anyone a reason to feel or think this way. Like, he will hype me up until I, like, fall asleep at night. So it's it's helpful to have people that I can, you know, text and share my work in galleries with and be like, yo, I need I need, like, real feedback. Absolutely. And know that they'll, like, lay it on me if they need to or, like, will hype me up if I need it. Now, how are you doing with the balance of your business and work at the hospital and having a life? Oh, my like, gosh. Tell me, tell me, like, what you do. What mistakes have you made with your work-life balance before? What, How have you fine-tuned it to make it a little bit um, more fulfilling? Yeah. Lay it on me. So I think, so I've done a lot of like soul searching and like reflection over this last year. Um, because I often think that this last year I had was like my first full year of like running a business from like the start of the year to the end of the year and like the capacity in which the inquiries and sessions came in. It's like, I think of this last year as like full business year number one. Um, and in looking back at that, I think my issue was is that I'm very much a yes person. Mm. And I love to say yes to everything. It's a and blessing yo- and a curse. Yo girl loves to be busy. And like I I joke that like I do my best work when I am in a state of utter chaos and like Yeah. And I agree. Running I around. Like I do my best work when things are chaotic. And it is a blessing and a curse in that, like, I do feel more productive that way. But also at the same time, it's like you're burning yourself out at both ends. Like, right. I had found at one point that I just did not have the energy and the creativity to give to both professions, like, both jobs, really. Right. I mean, right. I'm going to say it's a job because it's a job. Um, To, like, both jobs, you know, when I was in the peak of my busy season over the fall because I was just saying yes, 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 yes but also still working full time. So that was really, really difficult. And, you know, I had gone into busy season being like, okay, we're not gonna, we're not gonna make this crazy. Like you can only, you know, agree to as much as you can handle. But then it's like any free day, I was like, I could do a quick little 30 minute session or a 60 minute session. And like, yeah, I had the time to like take the photos, but then I wasn't taking into account like the editing time and the gallery processing and the follow-ups and the this and the that and like all the extra stuff that goes into like managing your clients and running a business and making sure that like you are delivering a certain level of like quality to your clients right for their photography services so you know I don't think my quality was skimmed in any way but 
come December, I was exhausted. I was going to say, maybe your quality was perfect, but your mind and body and soul were probably a little tired. Oh my gosh, they were so tired. And like, I felt like I had kind of lost a little bit of myself and didn't feel like I could give 100% of me to either job. And so something I've decided to institute coming into this year is like balance and like not always being a yes person and like being okay with saying no. And I think that that's something I definitely struggle with is like saying no to things or like if it's not a good fit or like being firm on like, this is what I have to offer. Like this is it and not bending you know, in 17 different ways to make something work. Yeah, I think that's very important. And I'm glad you're on the same page with that because a couple days ago you said, hey, do you want to go grab a coffee? And there really wasn't that much energy to uh, expend to go meet you for coffee. But I was so burned out and tired that I was like, I I just kind of want to be in my pajamas at this hour. Yeah. And you were so cool with it. And you're like, like, I get it. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, I think that between me and you and our group of friends, we are slowly getting better at saying no when we're just too tired, especially, you know, working, working at the hospital. Yeah. I'm, I'm exhausted by the end of the day. I can't imagine, you know, then you have this other job, which, you know, I have a second OT job. Right. Um, and now you have this podcast. Yeah. And this podcast, which is, this truly is a hobby. I can't say it's a business, but you do have to take inventory of your energy Yeah. and say no to certain things so how have you been saying no in a way that allows you to still do everything so I was able to switch my work schedule this year to work four tens oh that's wonderful it's wonderful so I have a day off during the week to do like adult things as I say my grocery shopping my cleaning my laundry like do all my adulting and then I have that extra day also to like work on photography stuff and like run a business etc and figure out what I'm doing But the thing that's been super helpful, and I instituted this last year, and it it did work out well, was, like, intentionally blocking weekends off. Mm -hmm. So if I have something going on on, like, a Friday or a Saturday, I will, like, block the weekend and say, nope, this is a no-work weekend. Right. Good. So that was really helpful, and I've started to try to institute that into this year as well and like as things come up blocking weekends and only offering certain weekends you know for photo sessions etc um and I'm hoping that continues on and something I've worked a lot on too was like realizing that if I completely am burning myself out like that creativity there's not enough energy to like be as creative as I want. Yeah, you really can't be creative at all when you're exhausted. No, and being creative takes a lot of energy too. It's a different type of energy than like what we do at work. You know, we are using different parts of our brain and tapping into different ways in which we think about things. But, you know, if you're completely exhausted, you're not going to have time to put the energy into the things that do spark joy. Right, right. And I can't remember where I heard this, but someone told me, or I, I watched this on some type of show, or I don't know if it was a documentary or if it was a friend. Like I just remember hearing it and being like, that makes sense. You are most creative after you are energetically bored. Yes. So you have to have energy. You have to be bored. 
And that's the prime time for creativity. That's the time when I am not exhausted, I'm not tired, but I'm sitting at home by myself. That's when I'm like, I'm bored. I don't have anything to do. I'm going to get out my guitar or my ukulele and just, you know, putz around a little bit and see what I can come up with. It, but if I am tired and bored, I'm going to go to sleep or I'm going to rot my brain with a trash TV show that I'm not really watching. I'm just kind of like falling asleep to. Right. And I will say like those are the days that I'm like energetic and bored that I do do my best work or I come up with like great ideas to grow my business or like photo shoot ideas that I want to do. And then, you know, I'm able to like carry through on that creative thought. And it's more than just a thought. It's like I'm able to put like an action into plan. Right. Because it's that boredom that forces you to sit with ideas. Like uh, I'm not saying that's like the end all be all formula, but at least for me, like that's my prime time. I'm like, let's go. Absolutely. And I've had like a weird string of like days off from, you know, my full-time job. And like, I have found the last couple of days, I've just been like bursting at the seams with creative ideas and have been like way more active on my Instagram account. And like, I got all my editing done and I've, you know, done things to help grow my business, you know, throughout this next fiscal year. And it's, you know, those days where I have the energy and I'm bored, I'm able to like help like facilitate that creative growth and yeah and I don't find it as a surprise that your business started in the pandemic season right <laughs> like I mean, that's literally. when that's when so many people had their best ideas when we were all trapped and there's nothing else to do no and I will say like having this creative outlet that has been lovely and turned into a business that was never the intent but I will I will own it. Um, (laughs) Really has been a blessing. And like, I will say like being able to be my own boss also has been so freaking cool. I mean, I will admit that I have no idea what I'm doing in terms of the business side. And it's like learning on the fly and I'm flying by the seat of my pants and I thrive on that type of energy. But like being able to take like a creative outlet and like something that makes me so happy and be able to like make a business out of it and like be my own boss and make my own roles has just been so liberating and just so empowering. Now, do you have any people in your life like in a similar industry where you feel like they're they're mentors either from a photography standpoint or a business standpoint? Not necessarily someone you're comparing yourself to, but someone you can seek out, you know, ask advice um, regarding how to manage your own business in this field. So I thankfully have a lovely gal that I grew up dancing with who, you know, also has a passion for photography and she started her own photography business as well a couple years ago. Actually, it's been more than that. It's been something she's been doing for a while. And so when this, my, you know, hobby kind of turned into a business, she has been like a wealth of knowledge and, you know, bouncing ideas off or like asking, you know, what did you do in this situation? Or like, how, how are you running this aspect of your business? And it's been so great to have someone that, you know, I've been friends with for so long, you know, kind of alongside, you know, our journeys together, um, who's been like a really great resource. And then there's been a couple other, 
um, other photographers that I've like met on Instagram and we'll chat with and, you know, bounce ideas off of or like ask questions and, you know, they're very kind and will answer my questions and, you know, take me under their wing. And it's been, it's been nice to, you know, I think the photography community is like very welcoming and warming and, you know, if you want to learn and you want to grow, like there are people that are, that are willing to help you. It sounds like a really fulfilling field to be into, especially given your other job at the hospital, which is so, you know, science-y, um, clinical. It's really cool to have this other side of you that you can tap into. Do you think that allows you to feel more wholly yourself having these two careers? That is such a good question and like phrase to think about because I I do think when I decided to like hang up my dancing shoes and like retired from the whole dancing career and you know decided to pursue physical therapy in full force like I did feel like I lost a part of myself and like I I felt very lost for a long time and you know, I, I was missing something and, you know, I would take dance classes here and there, but there was a big part of me that was missing, like a big part of my life that was no longer there. Um, and so being able now to have, you know, photography as a way to like fulfill that creative, like that creative, uh, space in your space. heart. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to even, I can't even think of the word, but like that creative craving, I guess, um, has allowed me to like feel more whole again and it's it's great because it's like there's so much room to like capture these moments and you know when you finalize your gallery and it's like a vision coming to life and there's so much trial and error it's been it's been a really nice outlet to have in that like I feel like I am able to tap into that creative side again on top of like my sciencey clinical side as well and kind of like filling the void of what was a huge part of my life for almost my whole life that was like no longer there I think that's very um more so common with our generation and especially with the generation below us Um, you know between millennials and gen z it's interesting a lot of us have more than one job yeah um And I think it's common for people to have, you know, one full-time job and then one teeny tiny small job that, you know, it's maybe a day or two a week. Or a lot of people will have like two part-time jobs, Um, especially in our medical field. I mean, half of our clinicians, it's like, yes, I, I work as a clinician at the hospital three days a week. And the other two or three days, I have my own completely non-re- non-related thing. Or maybe it's related, but slightly different. So I don't feel so stuck in a box. So I'm just curious as to, from a, a work standpoint, how the future continues to, to shape itself. Because I, I think it's very good for the soul to... To have options. So so you're not doing the same robotic thing every day, or at least you're not forced to. Some people like that, but I think it's really cool that more people are saying, yeah, I like variety, and I'm getting fulfilled, and I'm being productive in a variety of ways that when I grew up and when I was going to college, they told me I could only do one thing, 
And that's not necessarily the truth anymore. And so you're, you sharing your story is very inspiring to myself, to a lot of people I'm sure listening because I think there are a lot of people who maybe they are in a career and they, they like their career, but they feel like, is this it for the rest of my life? And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't mean you have to leave your current job. It means that you can maybe change it. And again, not everyone has the luxury to do this, but a lot of times you can find a way to keep that creative side of you, keep that clinical side of you. And, um, you know, we're talking in specifics here, but maybe you're in other jobs like finance or, and then maybe you want to also tap into the entertainment world or you want to tap into the food bev industry. Like, cool. You do you, boo. It's you, you bring up a really interesting point in that, like our generation and the generation below us is like very used to working two jobs or at least people that we know. Right. I think almost everyone that I know in the clinical world like works two jobs. And I will say from the time I graduated, I did have two jobs. So I worked my full-time job at the hospital as like my primary job. And then I also had like a PRN or, you know, another hospital job that I worked, you know, one to two days a month um, just for extra income and cushion and, and whatnot. And then you know, when the photography business started, that allowed me to get rid of my second hospital job. So I did replace like one job with another. Um, But I was finding with the two physical therapy jobs is that I was just getting so burned out with physical therapy that like, it's all I did. Like, and you want to keep loving what you do. And that's the thing is like, I know you love physical therapy, but it's almost like when you have roommates in college and you're like, I love you, yeah. but give me some space. I need space. Charlene, back yeah. off. No, I don't know a Charlene. So if you're listening, that's not actually me. <laughs> so we, don't, we don't know Charlene. Charlene girl. No, but it's true. Like if, if someone's in my space for too long, I get burned out. If I have the same thing for too long in my face, I get tired of it. And I don't want to. So I think it's like finding a balance with your job like you have. I think it's really admirable and cool. And I think you're inspiring a lot of people listening to find that balance if they don't have it right now. And there's no linear route to finding that balance. But you're showing people that it can happen. Absolutely. And like the thing with like the path that I've I'm not going to say taken because I don't know that I intentionally have gotten to this point I mean like I will say I've like stumbled the path that I have stumbled upon or stumbled my way through there's no better way to yeah I mean like maybe stumbling my way through is a better way to put it (laughs) is like it isn't linear and that is the most lovely and beautiful part of this is like I am able to make my career like whatever I want it to be and you know, at some point, I, I my dream would be to pursue photography in more of a full-time capacity. Sure. But there's something I wrestle with in that I spent a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of my life getting my doctor degree and, like, being, you know, a physical therapist and getting to this point and, like, going to PT school was, like, probably one of the hardest things I have ever done in my entire life. And sure. I'm sure you feel the same way about going to occupational therapy school. It's sure. like grad school was hard. Don't miss it. Don't miss it <laughs> one bit. Um, I don't regret it by no. any means. But to give that up and, like, have that not be my career anymore is something that, like, I wrestle with of, like, I don't know that I could fully let go. But I, I do think what's unique about um, the healthcare setting is that it, it is, the healthcare setting is rigid, but it can also be flexible and you can make 
your career as a physical or occupational therapist, you know, what you want it to be, as long as there's, you know, opening and, you know, receptiveness to that. But I think we have in both of our departments, a lot of people that, you know, work two days a week, three days a week, four days a week, 10, 12, or 10, not 12, but to eight, 10 hour shifts. And like, you know, they're with time, we're able to make it what they want to be and then fill their time in with, you know, whatever else they're doing. So I think for the, is where the future holds is like, I hope to have a hybrid of some sort because I don't know that I could just be all into one thing. Like I really do like having both right careers and both jobs to manage and kind of like float between. Right. Because it allows me to like shut off one part of my brain, use the other, and then vice versa. I think the the really neat thing too is let's say you're at a point in your life, let's say in 20 years, you're like, all right, I'm tired. Maybe I actually do want to focus on (laughs) one thing. You, you focus on one thing and then you decide, I can't focus on just one thing. Right. You get back to the two things. Nothing's permanent and that's the cool thing is you try something. It's all about trial and error and you just see what works for you. And trying two things at once, great. Trying one thing at once, not so great. You don't love it. You go back to plan A and you, you go from there. Right. And I think the trial and error and like... Once you're able to give up the fear of failing, like, really makes the world of difference. And, like, you are able to, like, let go of, like, that negativity and, like, that fear and just dive into, like, whatever you're feeling. And, And, like, if you fail... It's a learning experience. And that's really an important way to fully live your life from what I've found is trial and error you know see what works if it doesn't reroute and I think a lot of people are afraid to take risks such as starting their own business because they think if I try this and I don't like it then I am a failure that's not the case you try it you don't like it you learn more about yourself and what you don't like so you can find out what you do like Um, In my last episode, I talk about the idea of setting goals for yourself, um, writing out a list, and then um, seeing after you write the list if you like it or not. Just because you make a list or a plan to do something or execute something doesn't mean that you have to do it. It's just looking at it, giving something at least a, a millisecond of a try, and then making that judgment call of, actually, this isn't for me. So in my last episode, just talking about the idea of moving from Boston to Chicago, I had to make a list of all these things logistically I would have to do to get here. Um, After writing out that list, I wanted to crap my pants because I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, do all these things to make my dreams happen. But I still looked at that list and I still was motivated to continue moving forward. So to ensure I'm saying I I think the people who aren't trying things or aren't even initiating the idea of a passion or an exciting idea, they're missing out because they don't even know if they would like it or not. They're not even giving it enough thought. So the fact that you have this idea and you know you kind of waffled with it a little bit like, ooh, am I good at it? Am I not? Am I good at it? Doesn't matter. You got there and 
in summary, Ash, I'll say I'm really, I'm really excited for you. I'm really impressed with where your business has, Thank you. has landed so far. And it, it's like, it, it has taken a lot of time and growth and like personal reflection, but like, I, like, I can't thank you enough for saying that, but it's like also I sit here smiling because like, I'm so happy to be able to say that I'm like actually excited for myself too. And like, I think that is such a important place to get to when you are dabbling with something new or a creative outlet or a hobby. It's like, you have to be excited about it. And like, know that there is going to be some negative feelings and just some like not so fun things that happen along the way. But like, as long as you can continue to like spark that excitement, you know, have it be whatever you want it to be, you know, with a business, like it it couldn't have been like zero to a hundred because like, I didn't know what I was doing. And also like, I didn't know if I was going to like it as much as I did. And so I think being able to like slow it down and try it out and then try it out a little bit more and then try it out a little bit more than that, like kind of helped me get to the point of where I'm at when I took that leap and like also did something similar and like making a list of goals and like what it would take to like have a business versus just like keep this a hobby and like looking at the logistics of it and being like, yeah, I can do this. Like I'm going to be a boss and I'm going to like totally do this. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the the final thing I want to say is what would you want to say to our listeners who are kind of waffling with the idea of, you know, tackling a new thing, whether whether it be a hobby or a business, like what lasting statement do you want to leave to our listeners? Oh, gosh. I, I know mean, it's a big, it's kind of a heavy. Your girl loves like inspirational quotes. Um, live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. Put it on a, <laughs> put it on a, a sign above yeah. the door. Oh, man. LLL. I mean, I think... Something that I try to live by is, like, don't get in your own way. And that's something I tell my patients, too, when we're hitting, like, a roadblock or there's, like, a change in responsiveness to my treatments and, like, it's we need to sit down and we need to have a heart-to-heart and we need to, like, figure some things out. I mean... If you can stay out of your own way and just allow yourself to be like unapologetically you and like dive into it into whatever capacity you want, you will be successful. And I think knowing that like there's no real true measure of success. It's like whatever you really want it to be. And like, yeah, your way of measuring success may be different from like the person next to you and like that's okay and I mean I hate to say this and like circling back (laughs) knowing that like again every day is going to be different and like your ability to like put energy into whatever you're wanting to try out or like do is going to be different than the next day and like being okay with those fluctuations and like passion and energy and if you're having a low energy a low passion a low creativity day like knowing that that doesn't need to be the end all be all just like take the day as it is and like move on and start the day fresh and like if you notice that it's a pattern and it like what you're doing isn't bringing you happiness or sparking joy then like yeah maybe reevaluate like what you're trying out and maybe what you're trying to do and 
you know, explore isn't for you and like move on and, you know, try something else. But like knowing that it's okay to like be in slumps and, you know, take each day as it is. I love that so much. I do. I do. I'm like, I'm looking at you like, that's my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's like, it, it, it is something that I've recently figured out and, you know, it's, it's taken me a while to get here and like a while to be okay with these feelings and feeling uncomfortable and like being uncomfortable on the low, low days and being comfortable in the high, high days. It's, you know, each day is going to be different and that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's okay. And just not getting in your own way when things are, when you're having a off day. Yeah. I love that. Thanks, I mean, thanks for sharing that. Of course. That's- I mean, because I, I mean, I, I, through reflection and like thinking back about things like, I am my own worst enemy and I will get in my own way. And that hasn't been helpful. And then, you know, once I can look back and be like, oh yeah, I got through that and it was okay. And like, yeah, every day is a little bit different, but that's, that's life. It's different. Amen, sister. That's like, honestly, like, I'm like amen, please be seated. <laughs> so and I want to I give you an opportunity to, to plug your business um, because it, it is great and you don't have to, but if you would like to, um, please let our listeners know where they can find you on Instagram or where they can contact your services. Of course. Oh my gosh. First business plug ever. So yeah. like, excuse me for my like giddy girl excitement. Yeah. At Carbon Ash Photography on Instagram or my website is w www.carbonashphotography.com so that's where we go just with that. so much excitement I just, so I'm so happy I mean and I, I started this year I was like wow fiscal year 23 I am excited yeah and your work is truly incredible like I, I like look through and I'm like oh man maybe I need some new some new model shots here oh yeah I'm, I'm hey I will be your biggest hype girl girl maybe we gotta update my dating profile up, so <laughs> I, I, I need some new uh, pics out on the, the Navy Pier. Hey! <laughs> Catch me on the Ferris wheel. How about that? <laughs> All right. No, Ash, it, it was so, so great talking. So thanks for coming on. Well, thank you so much for having me. These are things I love to talk about and things that I often talk about every day with like my friends and my patients and it's just nice to like be able to like put it out there. Yeah. Into the world. To the world and like. To my seven listeners. Thank you guys. <laughs> hey, shout out to those seven. Hey baby. Um, and like just so people know that like you're not alone in how you're feeling. And it's okay that like, you know, social media paints this picture that everyone's life is so great. And everyone's businesses are thriving and everyone loves their job. And like, it's okay to like question things and not be fulfilled in other areas and you know you gotta fill your glass up somewhere you gotta bumble through life man gotta bumble through life i mean (laughs) we all don't have it together nope i am a hot mess express and i fully own it i love it well cheers to hot mess express uh keep doing what you're doing and thanks girl uh if you are a listener and you want to come on the show next please please let us know um i just love i love hanging out with you guys and hearing what you have to say so uh cheers to ashley today and we will catch you guys on the next episode take care